Welcome to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, where each and every day we set out to destroy the villain of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich the spirit, and grow the tribe. Our guest today is president of Pawville Pet Resort, Phil Miller, where we discuss veteran entrepreneurship and the importance of customer experience. Stick with us right here on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. I am your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, small business owner. And if you have come to us by accident, we want to welcome you here. You have actually tuned in to the highest rated podcast and radio show as voted on by our daughters. Correct. Correct. I am joined by my good friend and colleague, Matt Mylot. Matthew, how are you today? I'm good. No yeah, nickname. No nickname. No Come nickname. On. I'm I'm just keeping it straight my lot today. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get one at some point. Roger. Okay. Yeah. But you're wearing an evolved free diving shirt, so that's pretty cool. Shout out to Ashley and Ren Chapman. Ashley Chapman is a world record holder times yeah. three. She's insane, right? Like they're both insane. Yeah. And they're both incredibly good people and very close friends of our family. How long uh so you're a two minute dynamic hold. Uh a dynamic air breath hold guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm about, when I'm doing good. When you're doing good, yeah. what about her? I don't even want to say no, it. No, you don't want no. to venture a guess? Nope. Not that bold? Nope, nope, nope. Yeah? She, no. You know, I chickened out um, on doing on doing a class with Ashley and Ren. There's nothing to chicken, chicken out about. I will. I will. I just I don't, I just didn't have the time, I think, but I want to. Because they, they, like, teach you how to free dive and yeah, yeah, prepare you for the elements in the ocean. And, you know, if, if the crayon eater in me mm-hmm. can, can be a moderately good free diver... You would do just fine, Rob. Well, at some point, we're going to have to tell the story that you shared with Evan and I about the three things not to do when free diving. Which is? Cut the line when you're wrapped up in it. Don't panic, Don't fin. panic, Finn. And keep your head level. Keep your head level because yeah. it's hydro. You go Hydrodynamic, in. right. Okay. All right. For another episode. Check. All right. Good. And to my right, our good friend, the muscle hamster, Evan Anderson. How you doing, buddy? I'm super stoked to be here. Have you usual. noticed how Matt does the little the little... That noise every yeah. time we do the muscle yeah. hamster. No, it's it's an, an identifying feature of my life now. Yeah, so thanks, it is. Guys. Why do we call you the muscle hamster? You know, um, that appeared over text. It did one day. It did. So I, you know, along unfor- with unfortunately, um, like so many things in your life, you made it stick. You just made it stick. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we we call you the muscle hamster because for those of you that aren't watching us on our YouTube channel, which you can, uh, you can also watch on our website signalfire.media. Evan is a, a strong guy. What do you what do you bench in these days? Three twenty five. Three twenty five. Yeah, for I one. Mean, that's for I can one. Put three twenty five up in my. In, that's for like, one. Ever. Yeah. So yeah. No. So you're benching three twenty five. It's just mechanics, you know. So you, you ha- but you have to wear a large shirt because the size of your chest and your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. But the length. 
of a large shirt. You it's remember, also a nighty. You remember back when you wore blue Tims? I did. And I'm sure you had some tall tees to go with them. Yeah, yeah. 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 We need to mention Ooh. that. That's what they're like. For Shots me. have been fired. Yeah. I did own a blue pair of Timberlands at one point in my life. And Fubu. Yeah. And Tar Heel Blue. Tar Heel Blue. We'll Sean get John. to that story another day. But you know what's fantastic about that, Evan? About my ability and my choice to wear blue Timberlands? What's that? Is I was just doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. In a country that I love. I wouldn't say wearing blue Timberlands is the American dream. No. But I live in a country where I can. Yeah. And then be roasted about it vociferously by my friends. Cantankerously. I don't think we can. Cantankerously. Uh, I don't understand those words. Okay. I know you don't. What does, what would you, what would you, how can we, I got roasted a lot by my friends. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that works. We busted his bollocks. Rules of that. Yeah. I've All right. Seen some bollocks busted in my time. <laughs> So bring up the American dream because that's the topic of our conversation today. Sure. Evan, tell me about your American dream. Because for those of you that have never listened to our show before, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Matt is a Marine Corps veteran. He and I have both successfully transitioned from the military to the civilian world um, and are having some level of success in, in our civilian life. And the way we here at Signal Fire measure success is by understanding our meaning and our purpose by having alignment, mind, body, spirit, and community, um, and and also just feeling like we have a high quality of life, and 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 doing our part to grow the greater good, right, right, with right. with our community. And Evan is a currently serving veteran, a CSV, which is a term that we've coined here on this show. Isn't that also a type of like spreadsheet file? Yes, dot CSV, it's comma separated values. I thought it was comma delimited or something like that. Well, that that doesn't start with an S, Matt. True, but <laughs> shut up, Richard. You shut could up, check. Richard. You could check. Uh, you know, I'll hop in the booth on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna. <laughs> we'll deal with you later, Matt. <laughs> you are a currently serving veteran, right? Meaning that you are in the military yes. on active duty, getting ready to rejoin civilization. Sure. What does that American dream look like for you next, bud? You know, it's, it's something that I, you don't really have to think about when you're in the military mm -hmm. for the last 13 years of my life. That's, that's kind of been it. You know, you, you sort of, you know, it sounds, you know, made up, but we really do live to serve. That's, that's our lot in life is, is we wake up and we know we're, you know, we have a general idea of what we're going to do each day. And part of this bumpy road of transitioning is, is not knowing what's, at the end. Mm -hmm. So to me right now, the American dream is, you know, I get out and I have a successful transition. I become a contributing member of, of the civilian workforce. And that means I secure employment. That means I go buy a house. That means I, you know, buy an English bulldog puppy. To me, that's, that's the American dream that I'm able to provide for, for Monica and for the kids and, and, and just not be a statistic. Right. What will the name of the English bulldog be? Hootie. Hootie? Yeah. Is that a shout out to Hootie and the Blowfish? That is indeed a shout out to Darius Rucker. From Columbia, South from Carolina. Columbia, South yeah, Carolina. Columbia Actually boy. from Charleston. Okay. Graduated from yeah, USC. Went, yeah, went to SC. Shout out Cox. Only want to be with you. And um, so yeah, Hootie will absolutely be the name of my bulldog. Who did Wagon Wheel better? Darius Rucker or Old Crow Medicine Show? Old Crow. It is 100% and we will fist fight after this, uh -oh. Matthew. It is Darius. 
Is it? Oh, God defend bless. yourself. Just Man, after, after the uh, it went from I hate Top Gun yeah. to Darius Rucker, it made Wagon Wheel what it is. If you didn't, did. if you didn't see uh, our earlier episode with Jenna Cutting, go to our website, signalfire.media, and Evan made an atrociously bad yeah. admission. Evan hates Top Gun. Evan hates Top Gun. But we know why, because he was born in 1990. So yeah. you just didn't, you didn't have the 80s in The soundtrack's yet. okay. I Rob and I were already yanking great. in. Rob and I were already yanking and banking by the time you got spit out. Yeah, so. each other. I don't know if that's appropriate, but hey, what, nonetheless, it's been said. No, on the <laughs> flight controls, you know, yanking and banking. Gotcha. Yeah. You gotcha. Did you get your flight contract, Matt? Shut up, Richard. <laughs> Running theme of the show here is we always rip on Matt. <laughs> Matt's not a pilot. Matt's, hashtag. Like, Matt's not, not a pilot. A pilot like but he's Rich a great Cardona. sport. But he's a great sport. Yeah, Rich Cardona, another friend of the show, Rich Cardona Media. So so Hootie is the name of the dog. Hootie. You live in the American dream. Yeah. That's that's my idea, is is really just the idea of of one, financial stability, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what everybody needs. Mm-hmm. And, and really that's what we want. It's I'm not motivated by money, but yeah. I, you know, I can't buy food with hugs. Um I, I would love you could. I, I know, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'd good be hugger. Full. Yeah. I, I need to find a a profession that fills you know, both my soul and my belly, mm-hmm. you know, and is able to provide for my family. I think our guest is going to have some amazing things to discuss. About I think that. so. His name is Phil Miller. He uh, is an owner of Pawville Pet Resorts, which if you have furry friends, which are a part of the tribe, and, you know, here at Signal Fire, we always talk about mind, body, spirit, and tribe. Our furry friends are definitely a part of our tribe. Oh, for sure. Like Hootie. Yeah. So, Hootie's not even in your possession not yet. Even, but you, but know, you already have your name, and he's already part of the it's family. It's so picked out that every English bulldog I see, I don't say there's a bulldog. I say there's a Hootie. Yeah, there's a Hootie. It's a part of my psyche. It's ingrained already. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, our guest, our guest Phil, incredible story. Um, his grandfather was a Marine in World War II and lived the American dream. And Phil, Phil was telling me the story before he came on the show, and I was getting goosebumps because – uh, his his grandfather came home from World War II and started a fertilizer distribution company and I think had seven locations and was running supply chain logistics all over the Midwest and then sold it for a lot of money. But it, it, it shows what's possible. Um, and it also shows, you know, you guys know this. I've been on it for a while now. Like I'm disappointed with the number of veteran small business owners and yeah. veteran entrepreneurs yeah. or post 9-11 vets. Um, you know, the statistic is that after World War II, 45-ish percent shows small business and entrepreneurship. And before you go flooding our pages with comments, well, it was a different time. I understand it was a different time. Mm-hmm. But the number now is 4.5%. And that just seems anemically low to me. Um, and Phil's going to tell us just a fantastic story about his grandfather, his grandfather's journey, but also Phil and, and how, you know, his grandfather sort of established a legacy of entrepreneurship in their family. And Phil's story is pretty cool, too, because he was working on cruise ships. One of my personal favorite things in the entire world. Do you like to cruise? Evan? I've never been on a cruise. My lot? Another reason why I hate Stop Gun. He's really? never been on a cruise. Uh, yeah, I'm impartial to cruises. Impartial? Yeah. So I'm a fanatic. You're impartial. You've never been on one. Right. I think... We have the buddings of a signal fire cruise. We carry we carry a swath of experience. Swath. Of experience yeah, and we, yeah. I mean, I know you got plenty of followers, but shout out to we have friends, not followers. Our two bags, our two suitcases. That's what I said. Our yeah. two suitcases. If you haven't seen our two suitcases channel on YouTube, 
It's it's freaking baller. Do you want to know something amazing? Uh, we're we're so my wife and I we have some friends that we cruise with and we make videos on cruise ships. Sure. You know I'm, I, I think love she being, told me I love being in front of camera. Well, I went to I went to Matt's house one weekend and I was like I put it on his YouTube like he's got YouTube TV. Okay. And so I put it on his TV and he'll FaceTime me or something and, and his <laughs> kids are sitting there watching us on his TV. I'll get up on a Tuesday morning at <laughs> 6.30 and my youngest is out there watching. You wrecked his algorithm. Wrecked the algorithm. It's just all, It's I'm just in his face all the time. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Not to mention the text messages at 4 o'clock in the morning. 99 was our record. Yeah, 99 was the record. We're going to do it. We're going to break Great. 100. Monday morning is going to be like a <laughs> buck 50. But coming in hot. <laughs> well, so so Phil worked on cruise ships and, and he... I, I get we're going to ask him, you know, why he decided to do his own thing. Um, and he's built, literally built a business from the ground up. He named it. He, I mean, it's, it's his, it wasn't like a franchise. He didn't buy an existing business or right. anything like that. So we're excited to hear yeah, his story. That sounds terrifying to be on like to a transitioning vet. Yeah. I can see why maybe only 4% of people are doing that. Cause that sounds real scary. It does. It does. But it's also the, the, the purpose of this show is to be able to connect people who, are like, man, I just don't really want to go the corporate route. Right. You know, I don't, you know, I, I just, I feel it in me. I, I can think of a number of people that have come to my office and just been like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to be a PMP. Yeah. No. You know? And like, that's how I feel like, like operations manager, right? right? Heavy air quotes on that is what is like the go-to job from someone's basic army skills. Mm -hmm. Operations to me super boring <laughs> i like sales i like marketing right you know i like the human interaction so does matt i i don't think that operations sounds like a lot of fun yeah. some people are really great at it some people are really great at finance or admin i'm not i'm yeah. not great at logistics yeah. you know yeah so. well we're gonna hear from phil on the other end of this break and uh hopefully we can connect some dots for some would-be budding entrepreneurs out there that want to know what does it take to start your own thing and to scale it and to make a real impact in your community with it. Don't go anywhere. Phil Miller from Pawville Pet Resort on the other end, right here on Signal Fire Radio. To another episode of Signal Fire Radio. We're going to let this song play because Evan loves him some 311. I like, I like Down. That's Down's a, good a great one. song. That's a good one. Come yeah. original. Come original is my favorite. Too. I, guess I, don't, I guess I don't hate 311. I just didn't want it as my playlist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were. I think you were a little bit put out because I did make some, I guess, suggestions yeah. for the music that would be on Evan's playlist yeah. as rejoiners for the show. Yeah. You know, we're joined by somebody who has come very original. His name is Phil Miller. He is the. I would say, is, are you president? Is that the title you give yourself? Yeah. Yeah. President. President, owner, CEO, founder, and president, founder yeah. and president of Pawville Pet Resort. Yeah. Phil, thanks for being here, man. How are you? I'm great. Excited to be here. We're glad really to, excited to be here. We're glad to have you. Just so so for posterity's sake, Phil is the very first civilian. No, that's not true. I'm sorry. Phil, I, I didn't mean to do that to you because we had two other military spouses that were on the show who were also civilians. So this is a show that's accessible to everybody. Yes. We appreciate you being yeah. here. So, Phil, uh, you have an amazing story that you shared with me about your grandfather living the American dream and how he inspired you to do what it is that you're doing today. Tell us, tell us about what your grandpa did when he got back from World War II. Yeah, so, so my grandfather, uh, the legend, uh, Merlin K. Miller. So this is a guy it's who— a strong name. Right? Yeah. Right? 
also a call sign in Top Gun. It is also a Top Gun call sign, wow. Merlin. Wow. And now I'm just even more inspired by my grandpa. That's incredible. <laughs> well, I think they probably got the call sign from him. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, actually, a.k.a. Bud Miller, a.k.a. Pop, to, to those of us grandkids. And um, so this, this guy, he joined the Marine Corps at the age of 17 uh, by lying about his age. But he had a good reason to do so because Hitler was out there and yeah. causing a mess. And um, so he, he joined the Marine Corps. He got shipped off to the Pacific. Um, he ended up in the island hopping campaign. Um, he was on several different islands, including Tarawa and mm. Peleliu. And there were just a number of times where he, he actually felt very lucky because he said there were a number of times where he was the only one to crawl out of the, the foxhole alive. Wow. And uh, I cannot imagine what he went through with that. Legends and, were made on Tarawa. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, he felt like he was so fortunate. And, and his unit, at the time that the A-bombs were dropped, his unit was gearing up to invade mainland Japan. And so, you know, he, he fully did not expect to return from that. You know, he felt like his, his number would be called. Right. Um, and so he felt like the A-bomb saved his life. And uh, I think that's probably true. And um, so when he, when he got back home from the war, then he really kind of fought his, his second battle, which was his, his battle with PTSD. And I remember my grandmother telling me how uh, that first, he, they met shortly after he got back home. And uh, I remember her telling me that that first year of their marriage was, was absolute hell. Uh, but but he was able to 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 pull it together, yeah. and they ultimately had a very successful, very happy marriage uh, for the rest of their lives. How do you think they did that? Because the the options that we have now are abundant in comparison to what was you know forty five, forty six, when millions and millions of American men were coming back home. Um, you know how did what did you see that they did that made it work? I have I have thought about that many times. Yeah. And and the answer is I I really don't know because to pretty much throughout his entire life while he was very outgoing and and uh, you know he certainly joked a lot and he was a fun guy to be around at the same time he was guarded and closed mm -hmm. especially when it came to the war. And so, you know, we heard these different little anecdotes about being the only one to crawl out of the fox hole alive, but that was as far as it went. Right. And um, I can't help but think that that my grandmother had a lot to do with that. Um, and, and I'm sure that's the case today. You, you, you know, you, you hear that a lot from a lot of different veterans, that it's their spouse that yeah. really helps them. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want to speak for Matt, but I know for sure we've had my wife on the show and we, we talked super open and honest on the show about it. Um, I know for an absolute fact that my wife played such a huge role in it. Uh, when I got back in 2008, I went and went to see a psychiatrist. I don't think I've shared this on the show yet before, but um, I saw the psychiatrist. I was maybe in front of him for 10 minutes. And, uh, and I told him, you know, I'm having some trouble sleeping and, you know, I've kind of got some brain fog as I described it, getting through the day, can't focus very well. And I left that office with two pieces of paper 
One was for trazodone, a sleeping aid, and then the other was for Adderall. So the solution was, here's an upper, and then here's a downer. Right. You know, and so I got home right. and I and I Jenna was like, hey, how did it go? We weren't married yet. And she was in nursing school. And I was like, well, he gave me two scripts to help me sleep and help get me going. She's like, we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> like, we're not right. filling that prescription. So I think, you know, it's absolutely critically important where the spouse is super supportive. It sounds like that's what it was for your grandma and your grandpa. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So then after he got back out into the civilian world, he um, they had very little money. And I remember, you know, my grandmother telling me stories about how, uh, you know, going to the, at the time, you know, there wasn't the traditional grocery store. So going to the, to the butcher shop and, and asking, following a guy who had just asked for a bunch of steaks. And, and my grandpa said, I'll take two weenies, please. Cause apparently that's how, what they called hot dogs at the time. <laughs> And that was their life in the beginning. That's what, Matt, you still call the hot dogs weenies, right? Yeah. Well, no, I think Evan does. I refer to them as hot dogs. Yeah. Evan's a throwback. Wieners. Wieners. Thank you. Wieners. That clarification. And Rob, can can we agree that, because I want to add to what you said, because you're not a veteran. Right. And you, you know, you articulated your grandfather's experiences. I can't even imagine being the only person crawling out of a foxhole, fighting hole. And two combat veterans, I look at island hopping campaign. Yeah. I look at the invasion of Europe, yep. and I can't imagine any of that. No. Any of that. Right. So right. we're in the same boat despite serving or not. I can't imagine any. World War II is humbling mm-hmm. to the fullest extent. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, when we talk about my grandpa, you know, when I talk, you know, with my, my siblings and my, my parents and so forth, um, there's just immense pride in my family. You know, we talk about him being a hell of an entrepreneur and a hell of a Marine and not necessarily in that order. Mm. So much pride um, to, to, to have come from, from Merlin K. Miller. Merlin K. Miller. <laughs> Old Bud. Call sign Bud Miller. So, so yeah. they, they were having a hard time, you know, right. getting, getting in line ordering hot dogs behind people that were getting, you know, fillets. Right. And, and he, and, ended up going back and getting his bachelor's degree in education and uh, sorry i'm i'm getting him confused with me his bachelor's <laughs> degree in in agriculture okay and he got out into the field of agriculture and and like all great entrepreneurs he saw that there was a need for something that he needed to fill and he saw that a lot of the farmers in these rural areas needed fertilizer yeah. readily accessible and so he he had to go out and pound the pavement and get investors. And I remember my grandmother telling me about one of the places he went was to the local dealership. He didn't know where else to go, and, and he just went into the dealership and asked to talk to the owner and, and eventually ended up getting an investment from him. And um, so he was able to open up his first uh, fertilizer operation. And what he did is he, he acquired this real estate next to railroads, because that's how the fertilizer was was transported, and they drop off massive quantities sure. to him, and then uh, his his folks would would go out and distribute it to the farmers' fields, essentially. And so they had uh, several locations throughout Ohio and Michigan, and eventually ended up selling. I think it was in the '70s that they sold uh, uh, sold to Occidental Petroleum, which was, and I believe is, a publicly traded company. Um, for 15 million 
Wow. And um, that's, I mean, in the seventies, that's a huge sum money. of money. Even today, it's still a huge yeah. sum of money, but yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, thankfully none of that, none of that money made it down to me. And the reason I say thankfully is because um, I, I think it would have killed my motivation. Mm. And, and I, and he gave me something that was so much more valuable, right? So much more valuable. He gave me the inspiration and he gave me, he set an example, this is how it's done. And I'll take that over money any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Any day of the week. So he kind of was the first uh, pioneer of what could be called Amazon these days. You know, he set up he set up a distribution center. And, <laughs> right. and what did he have? Uh, his employees would deliver it by truck out to the farms. Right, right. That's right. incredible. Yeah. So... You, you talked about him going out and, and fundraising because I think this is uh, access to capital is for a budding entrepreneur, I think, is the scariest thing um, to do. Going out there and saying, hey, here's my idea. Here's my business plan. Here's a pro forma. Can I pitch you? Um, you know, is when you when you were building Pawville, is that something that you had to do is put together an investor group? Or if not, you know, how would you recommend that? you know, would be entrepreneur in, in today's climate, today's environment raises capital to start a business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we really had to bootstrap, you know, with, with my type of business, uh, a lot of investors classify it as a lifestyle business. In other words, it's a business that can create a nice lifestyle for the business owner, but not necessarily, uh, a return for the investor. And so my First investment, uh, I think, was from my from my in laws um, for a relatively small amount of money. But that was after the after as we were opening the second location. So that first location, we didn't have any investors, and we kind of had to go out and and justifiably so. I wouldn't have wanted to take anyone's money before that. I, I felt like I felt like we had to prove the concept, yeah. and so um, and. and you know, I felt like we needed skin in the game, and so we uh, we we actually went deep into debt in order to to fund the whole thing. You know, I had been working out on cruise ships, and and I'd saved up what I thought was enough money, and uh, in hindsight, it was it was I was drastically underfunded. <laughs> but uh, you know, and I remember one entrepreneur once telling me, you know, figure out get all your expenses, figure out all your startup costs. And when you're done with it, double it. And it's still not enough. <laughs> right. like, well, great. That that's so inspirational. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do I even do this then? I'm going to stay on the cruise ships. So, <laughs> so, uh, but, but, you know, taking that first step is everything. Mm -hmm. And, and once you take that step, once you jump in, you've, you've got to figure it out. And that's where we were. And so, you know, we, uh, as I said, we, you know, we went into credit card debt and I would even advocate that for a startup entrepreneur, um, hold on to that equity as long as you can. If you, if you have to take on some credit card debt, okay. Um, especially if you're young, you can recover from that. Right. And, you know, there was a time where my credit score was in the, uh, low five hundreds and, uh, now it's quite a bit higher than that. <laughs> did you did you ever when when you were doing that, you know, and of course, in every entrepreneur's life, you start asking yourself that question, is this going to work? Are we, are we going right. to see our way all the way through this? 
what was your mindset then? Were you like, this is all a part of the process, just I'm okay, I, I can well, keep chipping away? Well, I, you know, I think that I could see the trajectory and I could see that we were genuinely providing a need that need, <clears throat> uh, this needed to be filled and we were stepping into the void. And so um, even when it came down to, you know, am I going to make the mortgage payment on my house or am I going to make the mortgage payment on on our this our first building mm-hmm. or commercial building, uh, I chose our building and, and let our house go into foreclosure uh, in part because I could see the trajectory. And I knew that if I could hold on long enough that 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 I could kind of that I could get through. What um, an amazing choice to have to make. Yeah. Matt, what are you doing? You gotta you gotta make a payment on your commercial building or your mortgage. You letting it go? I mean, that's a nail biting decision. Yeah. And you Phil, you've got to know the story of uh Fred Smith, the guy who started FedEx. Do you know yeah. this one where he couldn't make payroll? Oh, it, I hadn't heard this one. Okay, Tell so me. he couldn't make he couldn't make payroll. And um I don't remember the sum of money that he had, but he took he took whatever he had left in his operating account and he went to Atlantic City and he gambled with it. <laughs> and he hit and he and he won enough money to make payroll to wow. keep FedEx afloat and to keep it going. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm not I'm not advocating That's, to go gamble with yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh Wow, he 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 can handle more risk than than I can. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I guess That's, when you're, I, I guess the the point is, you know, when sometimes you're in the in the course of starting a company, scaling a company, yeah, there's going to be tough choices to make. Yeah, you know, sure. and you're probably still met with them now. I mean, you've got six locations now, so right. you know, you're building another one, right. and and so there's risk inherent to that too as well. Um, right. How do you handle the difficult decisions today? Now that you're at probably, you know, you're at a growth point on the curve of, of business? You know, I, I'm of the mentality, uh, and I, I actually, I heard this from a Marine and I don't know if it's part of the Marine ethos or part of his ethos, but, uh, control the controllables. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I preach that to myself and I preach that to our people focus on what, even when, when it, it, it's going crazy, things are, are happening everywhere just come back and center yourself and just think, okay, what can I control right now in this moment? And life gets a whole lot simpler. Yeah. You mentioned something that you and your grandfather have in common. I'd like to you to talk about that a little bit more. He saw something that wasn't there. You also did a market that wasn't being served. Was that something that, uh, you know, he mentored you on or coached you on, or is that something that's just innate? No. So, you know, so, and actually this gets into another interesting part with my grandpa. So, um, so the answer, the, to answer your question, I was about 19 or 20 at the time when he passed away of prostate cancer, he was in his early sixties. And, um, and I was just not in a headspace where I, I didn't even know I was going to become an entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people that, who are entrepreneurs, they say, oh yeah, you know, they were selling lot, selling lollipops to other kids at the age of six and yeah. I have none of those stories. And, um, and it, you know, I was in my mid twenties when I finally, I actually read rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. And that's what kind of got the wheels turning and it, one thing led to another. Um, but so I remember my grandfather actually, he knew he was going to pass away and he, he made a point of coming to, to 
where we lived from Arizona, where he lived, and um, he sat all of us grandkids down. And it was like his moment to pass the baton. And uh, in hindsight now, I, I just, I'm so inspired by it because I remember him talking about how how exciting the world was and and the world of that was available to to us grandkids and he said you know there are so many more things out there that are available to you than what i had and he talked to to my sisters and he said you know the opportunities for women it, it's there's so much so much so much more vast right than than what what we had in my time and and i remember him talking about uh just the latest businesses that were kind of exciting to him that he that he hadn't invested in or anything but he was talking about recycling and it was he was getting all excited about the recycling business and and uh and that was him passing the baton to me but at the time i did not i didn't pick up that baton until several years later and you know how some it's life is like that sometimes you're just not ready to receive something and later on it just clicks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you think about it. I didn't. I didn't get into business for myself until probably 2019, and uh, so there was eight years, nine years spent doing the corporate route. And on the other end of the break, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your experience with cruise ships and hospitality and how you took those lessons learned and implemented them into your business now. Because you know, I, we talk with we talk with soon to transition veterans all the time, and they're like, you know. I really want to go do something for myself, but I feel like I don't have the experience to be able to do it. And, you know, cash is always a bit of a obstacle barrier of entry too, as well. So, you know, I usually coach them. Well, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it right now. Go do something that puts you on the path. Yes. You know, and, and so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Phil Miller, president and founder of Pawville Pet Resort about how to not waste time. Um, getting to the end state of being an entrepreneur. Do not go anywhere. We're going to be right back here on Signal Fire Radio. Skydiving. Matt, how does the song make you feel? Like I'm skydiving. Does it? Yes. Yeah, actually, you have a skydiving video out there. I do, on yeah. On the interwebs. And this is the multiple. song. Multiple. Multiple. Yeah, yeah. What were you, tell the, tell the audience, what, what there was a, a specific maneuver you were trying to make in that skydiving video? An eight-way hybrid. Okay, what is an eight-way hybrid? Uh, it's where you have eight free flyers. Okay. Um, four of them are, are um, belly to earth okay. in a basically a square, right? Um, and that's called the main float. Yep. They punch out first, and they're already docked, which means you're physically in connected. You know, you're holding onto each other. So the main float exits, and then the hybrid jumpers do bomber exits, which means it's just a head down exit, and they're in belly free fall which means they're falling at a much slower rate than head down. Right. So the hybrid jumpers are head down. So we're, we're moving way faster than them to catch up with them. Cause you only have about 70 seconds to knock out the maneuver. Um, and then the hybrid jumpers dock with the main float between each main float element. And then whoever is the jump lead, which for that one was me. Ooh. Y- y- so everybody's in belly to earth. So now there's eight people. You do the count with your head, so you do a nod. You go one, two, three, and then the four hybrid jumpers go. It's called sit flying, and it's basically feet to earth. So we're sitting there hanging from the main float. The four of us are feet to earth, looking like we're basically standing on air, 
and the main float is still belly to earth. And from the ground, it looks kind of cool. It looks like a, a sphere of an human being. Is this the, the opening scene to the uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie? That's a reference that we don't Very true. Either. Very true. Oh, no, I do now. You too? No, 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 because of the, my girls. A pop culture reference that you actually understand? <sighs> Shut up, Richard. <laughs> Shut up, Richard. Um, Matt, are you ready for your question of the day? Send it. In the last segment, we talked about hot dogs. Of all meats that can be put on a bun, which is best? Brats. Ah, sorry, Matt. We were actually looking for pulled pork. Pulled pork. Sorry. Was the answer. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. We're joined by an amazing guest who we've been having a great conversation with, Phil, Mil Phil Miller, president and founder of Pawville Pet Resort. And Phil, when we were heading into the break, we were talking about time not being wasted, getting to the end state. And you worked for cruise ships. You worked on a bunch of different cruise lines. And tell us how that experience benefited your business now with Pawville. Yeah, so, you know, it, I think it benefited us immensely because of the importance of customer service. And I realized that customer service isn't necessarily something that's just intuitive for everyone and, and probably not for, for me. And, um, you know, I, I remember a time, you know, walking down the, the hall after a, I, so this is when I was working on cruise ships. And I remember a time where I was walking down the hallway and a show had just let out. And I don't know if you've been on a, uh, well, Rob, I know you've been on a cruise or two before. Um, but, Hordes of people just streaming past, and and I didn't say hello to people because you're, you're supposed to greet everyone with a smile and, a, and some kind of greeting. And um, and I got down to the end of the hallway, and my boss had been following me, and he said, hey, what was that about? And I said, I, how am I supposed to say hello to, to 200 people? And he said, you've, you've got to make an effort. You, they, you know, you're walking down the hallway. You're saying, hey, how are you doing? Hey, Hello, hello. How was the show? <laughs> the show and, after the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, it was those times being taught how I was supposed to act um, that just subconsciously became part of Pawville. And, and it wasn't until three or four years after we'd been up and running that I actually started consciously talking about customer service and the importance of customer service. Up, up to that point, it was just, this is all I know, and so when I hire someone, I'm just teaching you, oh, make sure you, you, know, you greet right. them like this, make sure you respond like this when these types of things happen. And, and so uh, now, now that we start, we've started talking about our, our company culture and who we are, that's one of the things that we uh, we identify. Um, so it, it, it played an immense role, I believe. Would you, I, there was a time in my life where, I don't know if I was being completely self-aware or not, but, you know, I had the opportunity to go into business for myself about eight years ago, and I chose not to. I, I, I took a different path, believe it or not, I went and I worked in radio, um, doing advertising sales for a couple years, and Sitting where I'm at right now, I can honestly say I didn't waste I didn't waste any time because it's helping me accomplish other things right now. But there were times in my life where I said the only the only thing I gained from the experience of not working for myself is that I wasted eight years worth of time. Um, and I don't think that is entirely accurate. Um, what 
what would you say that, you know, outside of learning a couple of good lessons, you wasted time getting to where you're at right now? Or was all of that accumulation of skill well worth the time spent on cruise ships? I think it was I think it was well worth the time. Um, so there's another aspect to this, and, and that is domain expertise. And this is where my wife comes in, because it was actually, as she reminds me all the time, she was the one who had the idea. She was working. <laughs> sounds like a wife. So yeah, sounds, <laughs> sounds like she Sarah was, Milet. <laughs> <laughs> she was working for a vet at the time. And at the time, I knew nothing about animals. I didn't even know dogs played with toys. And to this day, she still makes fun of me because growing up, we had a dog. They were outside and the dog ran around outside in the yard and uh, caught the neighbor's chickens. And, you know, that was the life of a dog. And so um, when I met her, incidentally, she was a passenger on ships and and you're not supposed to date passengers. But, uh, you know, she she looked incredible. You guys, the forbidden (laughs) fruit, right? Yeah, and uh, that's so, a story for another time. You gotta, you're not getting <laughs> off the hook that easy. <laughs> and uh, so, so at any rate, um, she actually was the domain expert in our field, and she was the one that knew. Okay, if th- if this happens, this is what we do. If this happens, this is what we do. And coming back to what you just asked me about, that domain expertise can be so critical and so foundational to your success. Yeah. And you know, at the time when we first started opening, you know, when we first opened and got up and going, I felt like I was kind of a one man show because, uh, our, our daughter was just born. And, and so my wife was at home, um, you know, taking care of our newborn a lot while I was at the store, uh, or at, at, at Paulville. And, um, but her knowledge was foundational and I, I am a firm believer that you have to get to the point that you are that you are more knowledgeable than 90% of the people that are out there in your field because the more knowledgeable you are the more you can see opportunities that are available out there and as you see these opportunities now you now you jump on it so think about it like in terms of uh, being a real estate investor and you know that real estate market really well. Well, you're going to be the one that's getting the deals. Mm-hmm. And the same goes whether you're in insurance or any other aspect, you can see opportunities and act on those opportunities. You said something. I'm going to tell a quick story and then I'm going to ask the question because, you know, a part of what what we do in encouraging veterans to take the leap into entrepreneurship is open their eyes to those opportunities. So you said you had very functional very little functional knowledge of dogs and pets. But yet you built an entire business around that. The story I want to tell is, you know, Matt and Evan are my partners in this in this journey of Signal Fire. Evan, would you mind just jumping on and saying exactly how much training did you get in producing a radio show from from the day that we launched? Probably 10 minutes. Probably 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> now, now people in the actual profession that listen to the show might say that, you know, it's uh, it's amateur hour around here. I feel like we're doing pretty good. and we I'd, can, I'd say so. We continue to grow. Joe C. Thinks, seems to think we're doing a pretty good Exa- job. Yeah, Joe seems to think so, and he is a pro. Well, yeah, the, I got to say, I'm impressed. There's a, there's a lot of very witty banter here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's key to one of these things, right? Yeah, make yeah. it entertaining, right? Right, right. Well, Matt, you also had no, you know, Poor Matt. Matt will have to tell that story offline another time where I just sat him down in the chair and I was like, hey, Mike's on. Let's start talking. Live. Live. Live on, on the air. Not nice. not pre-recorded. Well, the, the point I'm trying to make is that I think I think veterans are 
specifically, uniquely able to be malleable and to do things that they might not necessarily know everything about, but they'll figure it out as they go, which is the ultimate. Yes. I mean, you have to do that as a business owner. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I talked about getting to the point that you know more about your industry than 90, 90% of the folks out there in your industry. And that's where you're trying to get to. But that's certainly not where you start. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you come into it with some experience in your field, which I think is always preferable, um, then you you start out maybe at that forty percent or mark or fifty percent mark, and and so it you're going to make fewer mistakes. But having said that, if you're ready to go, then pull the trigger, man. Yeah. Pull the trigger because you're going to learn as you're going to go and you're going to get to the 90, 95% where you just, you really understand your field. And the quickest way to understand something is to jump. And, and so it pull the trigger. That was a perfect yeah. tie back to your skydiving. Jump. Story. Jump, Johnny Utah. Can we get, can we Johnny get some, Utah is the best example. No, I was gonna say, can we get some Van Halen queued up, man? Like for for the outro. R.I.P. Eddie. May he rest in peace. Old E.V.H. Um, Phil, that's awesome, man. I I want to uh, thank you. We're running out of time here. I want to thank you for joining us. If if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, how would they go about doing that? Yeah. So, uh, Phil at Paulville.com. Um, I actually also have a a public page. Uh, it's Phil Miller dash entrepreneur. Um, and also I, I own philmiller.com. Nice. And <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I paid several hundred bucks for it. I, I figured, Hey, why not? Let's do it. And so there is, I have some blog posts on there. And what I try to do is I just try to just post things that, you know, the latest things in our world, you know, we're building a new building. Here are some updates. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, what we think is exciting in our world. And, and I do write a little bit. So I've, I've written a few different blog posts. I think one of the the things that I've been so attracted to you, Phil, and over the course of our relationship, and you said it, when we were on the phone the other day when I asked you to come on that, you know, you're at a point now where you're able to give back and where you're able to serve and you don't ask for anything in return from that, you know, just like give freely without expectation. Um, and I think that's, that's rad of you. Um, right. I really do. And, and, very much what signal fire is all about. Like, you know, we've all made it to a certain place here in this room and there's other people following behind us that might want to replicate that in some form or fashion. So dude, I just want to wish you the best of luck. Paulville is a heck of a business. I know you got a million other things that you're probably working on. So thank Thank you you. so much for being here. Thanks Phil. It's been fun. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for another episode of Signal Fire Radio. If you enjoyed this, please go to our website, signalfire.media. You can rewatch this episode. Get in touch with Phil from Pawville. And while you're on the phone looking up Pawville Pet Resort, call a friend, call a buddy, get in touch with somebody. Let them know you're thinking of them. Let them know you love them. Wrap your arms around them. And go out, do something amazing. Don't wait for permission and go be a Signal Fire in your community. That's going to do it for us here today on Signal Fire Radio.